Welcome back to Twice Upon a Time. This week, Roger and I watched Season 2, Episode 15, The Queen is Dead. As always, we'll start off with a synopsis. We've got three storylines again, so apologies, this is not the shortest of synopses. In the Enchanted Forest, a preteen Snow is preparing for her birthday celebration when her mother falls ill. She asks the Blue Fairy for help, and the Blue Fairy gives Snow a candle that can save her mother at the cost of another's life. Snow refuses to take a life for a life, and her mother dies. Cora reveals herself as the Blue Fairy in disguise, killing Snow's mother to make way for Regina to be queen. In New York, Hook shows up and stabs Rumpelstiltskin with his poisoned hook. Neil, Emma, and Henry must race to get Rumpelstiltskin back to Storybrooke to save his life. When they prepare to leave, Emma discovers that Neil has a fiancé, Tamara. In Storybrooke, Regina and Cora are looking for Rumpel's dagger. Snow discovers their plan, and she and Tar- Charming race to find it first. Their plans are foiled by Regina and Cora, who use Snow's childhood handmaiden as a bargaining chip. Snow saves her life for the dagger, giving the dagger to Cora and Regina. But Cora kills Johanna anyway. Regina begins to question her mother's motives when she learns that Cora killed Snow's mother and engineered her Snape saving Ch- Snow as a child. And Snow decides that good hasn't gotten them anywhere, and she vows to kill Cora. Roger, what do you think of this episode? I won't say I hate it, but I don't love it either. I think it's fine. There are some good pieces that I really enjoy. I don't love the triple split story. Not a fan. Don't really love the Enchanted Forest story all that much, to be quite honest. Um, and It does a thing that TV shows often do that bothers me. Introducing a character specifically to kill them off annoys me. If you're going to kill off a character, I like it when there's, like, depth to it and I know the character and there's been something built in as opposed to, like, once again, oh, look, here's her mother or here's her father and, okay, you die. I'm like, eh. Like, Charming's mother dying meant something because we had met her a couple times before. You? I wrote, meh. So kind of like what I said, but far less words. Yes. Uh, there, You're totally right. There are some like exciting things that happen. You can tell that something really exciting is about to happen. But this, there's like like a lot of, I don't know, there's a lot of characters. There's people that we don't even know that are, it's really hard to feel something. Uh, it even, I mean, actually two people die in this episode. Johanna and uh, Snow's mother. Ava. Yeah. Um, and we didn't really know either of them. It's actually a little more... It feels a little more painful when Johanna dies, even though arguably we've we've never even heard about her before. We've at least heard of Snow's mother before, mainly because of Jennifer Goodwin's amazing performance at How Sad She Is when Johanna dies. Um, and teenage preteen Snow is not my favorite. She's a terrible actress. <laughs> Had they gotten Leopold in here, the way that he talked about his wife in mm-hmm. the episode, I think it's Fruit of the Poisonous Tree... I would have felt a little bit more because, like, you could tell he really loved yeah. that woman. So, like, seeing his grief would have been something. Whereas, yeah, we got young Snow's grief, but it didn't hit the same. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, if this wasn't a show about badass women, I would basically say that they used two women's death as a plot device um, to forward men's stories. It's to forward other women's stories. I was stories like, that's what they show. did? No, it's totally cool. what they did. It's not great, but, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't love, I don't love that. Do you love this, like, Chekhov's candle? Like, what are we going to do with this candle? <laughs> There's a term, term for what you described in comics. It's refrigerator. called... Refrigerator. Refri- women in refrigerators. Mm-hmm. That's basically what these women feel like. At least the mother had already had a pre-story. The 
Johanna is like, where did you come from? Yeah, nowhere. Let's start in the Enchanted Forest, mostly because I hate that story the most, and I want to get through it as quick as possible. Great, that's what I have written down first. Young Snow is a brat. Such a brat. When she says that, like, but I thought we were royals. It's like, oh, come on! It does make sense, though, if you remember Snow's comment from the first season about all royals are bad people. It does make sense maybe why she feels that way, because she was kind of a brat as a child, mm-hmm. and probably assumes that most royals think like this so it's logical well and here we're shown her that her mother is a compassionate person that feels like she has a duty to support the people that they rule over i will say snow kind of gets a tough break in this in this episode her mom dies on her birthday so that fucking sucks (laughs) and she has to make a really tough decision when handed this magical candle which she makes the right choice. Uh, and she does? Yes. Oh False. my gosh. This is like even Wrong. worse than the trolley problem. You, trolley problem's an easy answer. You would use this candle? Yeah. We literally who, talked about this off who camera. Who would you kill? Someone who's scheduled to be on death row who we're going to execute anyway. <laughs> Regina. I mean, Regina doesn't exist in this, but like if a Regina situation existed where like we're about to execute her, let's just make a quick trade. Problem solved. They're going to die anyway. Mm, magic always comes with a price, Roger. Yeah. You know what else comes with a price? Not pulling the trigger. We see three instances in this episode of lacking the ability to pull the yeah. trigger, costing you. Um, and then in her grief at the end, she does have to sort of... I mean, her father is still alive, so she's not like the sole ruler here. But she's she's taking on a very, like, a lot of responsibility as, like, the benevolent ruler. Of the Which kingdom. is ridiculous. Where the hell is the king? Scheduling conflicts, I guess. Bruh! Like, I think they even addressed this in the episode where it's like, whatever business he is attending to needs to be put to the side. Your wife is dying. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. He can't be further is. than a day's ride away. Everything is a day's ride away. I'm assuming Toby was busy with other West Wing plans. I'm sure he was. Um... So Snow asked the Blue Fairy for help, and the Blue Fairy seems not herself. I don't know. She seemed relatively incompetent as always. I thought it was a pretty good <laughs> acting job. She can't solve the situation. She gives the child a ridiculous choice to make, just like she does with Bay. I mean, like, this is Blue Fairy to a T. Just be a dumb, incompetent, ugly dress wearing fairy, and then you pretty much got it. I fucking loved when Cora comments on how stupid that fucking dress is. Because it's terrible. Like, how does she wear that crap? So bad. Yeah, no, it, it, it was a great, like, fourth wall breaking of acknowledging yeah. that this is really stupid. We, I, we get it. <laughs> no, I love it. Um, what I don't understand about Cora, her plan was to essentially destroy everything about the legacy that Eva had built, essentially, right? That's what she says when she leans over. Yeah. Um, I will turn Snow's Snow's heart black as coal is something that she says. Wouldn't it just have been easier to marry the king and then sire your own heir? Yes. Like, why does she take the most roundabout route in this manner? Like, I don't know. It's very complicated. You and Regina have already been butting heads at this point. You've moved the previous queen out of the way. Just... It's not like she'd have any qualms about killing her husband. Not at all. I'm not entirely <laughs> sure at this point she'd have any qualms about killing her own daughter. I, it just—it was such a weird. And she's like, she wants like Snow is not a threat at this point. She's a ten-year-old girl. Just slap her out of the way too. She does seem a little 
like you get like a sense of competition between her and, oh, yeah. and Queen Ava. Um, and when she says, my daughter doesn't love me the way that yours does you, I think that's part of it. Like if, if she she needs to, to help, help in extreme quotation marks, Regina, so that her daughter will love her just as much as Snow loved Ava. Couldn't she create a new daughter? Yeah. <laughs> Probably. I mean, not to be flippant about it, but like, okay, I screwed up on the first one. I'll have a second one who's already going to be born the queen if it's the king's daughter or son. Problem solved. Yeah. And as we'll learn, it's not like she's against that in the first place. I don't know what's going on here with Cora. I don't get it. Initially, I thought she had a great plan that we never heard of. Now I think both of her plans were just stupid. Yeah. For being the big bad villain, her plans make no sense. They they really don't. No. Also, wow, what a fucked up thing to do. You're going to poison a woman and then let her die? And then you give the daughter the candle that could have saved her life? Which you just knew she wouldn't... Like, that is... As I said with um, Regina, an ability to not just be mean, but to be cruel. Yeah. That is a talent that they have where it's like, she could have just flat out murdered Ava and been done with it, but that's not worth it to her. She wanted to make Snow suffer. Yeah. And I don't know of a better way to make Snow suffer than basically having to admit I lack the ability to pull the trigger and kill someone to save you. Well, it's not just that she wanted to suffer. She wants to turn her dark. Which is odd. I don't know why, but... She Poisoning make... someone's line is confusing. I, I, my non-vengeance understanding brain does not understand why one would want to do that. I understand vengeance, but I don't understand this type of vengeance. Like, Hook's vengeance makes sense to me. Yeah. Even if he's an idiot about it. But like, okay, I get that. Like, you were harmed. You want to get revenge. Cora's like, you harmed me. Now I'm going to take like a Rumpelstiltskin path to somehow get to this thing when the like direct path is just like, take a straight line and go kill them. Yeah. It's confusing. Anything else on the Enchanted Forest? No. I'm just done with it. Yeah. I really don't. This entire season, almost all of the Enchanted, Enchanted Forest stuff has annoyed me. Yeah. Agreed. New York or Storybrooke? Ooh. Let's go Storybrooke. Okay. Um, there's a lot going on here. <laughs> Let's start with Snow and Charming. Great. place. Good place to start. Them not being on the same page is jarring. It's very, and it's not like it's a big fight, which which I do appreciate about them, because like couples don't just have like big blowout fights all the time, like you see in soap operas, where it's like, oh my god, you were sleeping with my twin sister. Well, I didn't know it was her. It's like, oh, I didn't want you to make breakfast for me on my birthday. We talked about this real life couple arguments, which I appreciate. Who do you think sent the gift? It was from Johanna. I thought it was from Cora. Oh no, she. We were we were talking while this was happening, but yeah. Joh- Johanna confirms that she found it and got it first. Okay, because it seems like the type of thing Cora would yes, do or does. Regina would do to specifically cause you pain. That's true. Yes, that's that's very pointed and accurate. So it's interesting that Johanna did it with no intent to cause pain, but basically took an action that the evil person would also take. Although I do think that their conversation over the what are the the snowbells. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like Snow kind of heals a little bit from that conversation because she's sort of been blocking out yeah. what's going on with her mother. Would you say um, she's put up walls? Yes, I actually was going to say, I feel like Charming and Snow have sort of switched roles in this argument that they're having. Um, Snow just, it is not Snow's MO to be like, I don't want to talk about it at all. 
Ooh, so I know why you think that, but I think she wants to talk about everybody else's emotions all of the time. Oh, yeah, that's true. I don't think she really likes talking about She wants to talk about, about her own. Uh-huh. Interesting. Okay, yeah, I Because it's much easier that. to say that, like, oh, you open up to me and yeah. tell me things as opposed to, uh-huh. now I have to be the one who's vulnerable. And it's clear that she and Charming have talked about this before. Yeah. Like, it's not like he didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's shocking that he didn't listen, though. He's not usually the type to do stuff like this. He'll do foolhardy things like his own self, but he normally respects Snow's wishes pretty clearly. Yeah, I think he was trying trying to take like a middle road because he didn't do anything like overtly birthday-y. Like he didn't throw a birthday party, he didn't get her a present. He made breakfast, which is something that Charming actually does fairly regularly. Yeah. Um, so it's not like it's that out of the ordinary, but he obviously was also doing it to do something special. I mean the, what are you doing? I'm hungry! <laughs> it was definitely his lying voice. They could have made tacos instead. <laughs> I would always choose that option, but that's fair. Though maybe Snow's probably not in the mood to make tacos on the day of her birth. That's true. Maybe not. Maybe not. Um, so that's the good part of Snow in this episode. Hmm. And then there's the bizarrely arrogant Snow White, which is not making sense. And we talked about this before when she confronts Hook and she's like, Super confident that he's going to switch sides because she just believes good has won. And we were like, what evidence do you have that seems to make you think this? Because at that point, there's nothing that indicates good's like dominating this. And then right now she's like, well, I'm going to get Regina to trust me. Why? Why would Regina trust you? Like, there's no logical... In fact, Regina shouldn't trust you at all because the last interaction you had was you accusing her of murder. Well, she actually what she says was she doesn't have to trust me. She just has to talk to me. She's trying to plant seeds about her mother, which she actually does successfully do. I will give you that. But the way that Snow phrases it made it seem like she had this, like, in with Regina that, like, there's also a good chance Regina might just murder you. Oh, well, the in was she pretended that she'd spoken to Henry. Which is also, like, (laughs) that's not going to ingratiate you very well once she immediately deduces that you were lying. Although, interestingly enough, Regina does not do anything nope she doesn't she she takes a pretty calm i mean she doesn't she 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 doesn't go along with whatever snow is saying but she takes like a pretty calm approach to it and she's like nah i'm gonna leave she didn't you know throw any fireballs burn down grannies she didn't throw any physical fireballs no. yeah she did throw some uh, some uh, verbal digs regina didn't do anything is pretty much her character's motto of season two <laughs> it's true drives me up a damn wall uh but yeah i just and even, even later I think when they have the confrontation in the clock tower, she's standing there with two of the more powerful witches in all of the realm and is confident that they won because they're holding a dagger without I, the dark one present. I also just can't. I, I'm really, the thing that I'm struggling with most in this episode is that Rumpelstiltskin hid this dagger. And we this happens off screen, but Emma somehow convinces him to tell Snow and Charming where it is. But... I don't know that Regina and Cora would have found it if Snow and Charming hadn't led them right to it. Also, I'm of the belief that Cora wasn't ever really trying to find the dagger with the digging. She intentionally made that sound so Snow would hear them so that they would oh, get the Oh, interesting. Yeah, because remember, Cora's just standing there letting Regina do all the work. She's like, oh, it's fine. I'll, I'll find a way. I have to, I'll translate the math. And it's like, no, you let Snow hear what was going on so that you could trick them. Mm. Yeah, I think that whole thing yeah, that was makes a manipulation. Sense. Uh, also, she got Regina to dig. Regina does not dig. 
Regina does not use a shovel. No. Well, we know she uses a shovel. That's true. <laughs> what I don't understand is that why is she digging and Cora's just standing there? Like, they both have magic. Can't they just use magic? And yeah. if not, can't they both dig? One of my favorite things about a character that we don't both don't like very much that we haven't met yet is when she regularly is like, what the fuck did you walk here for? Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like turning on lights with your hands? What's the matter with you? That's the only <laughs> thing I like about that character is that she's like very logical in the sense of like, we don't have to do this. Why are we walking? Just go poof. Yeah. It's a point I make poof. about Regina all the time. It's in, I agree that Snow is very arrogant in the standoff in the clock tower. But I think I actually wrote, Cora is so arrogant. Cora in- is right to be arrogant. <laughs> Literally, she has everything in her favor right now. But she she's really taunting Snow with that fucking candle. Yep. Um, and she also seems very sure that Regina isn't going to question anything that she's been doing and that happens immediately after that regina still kind of goes along with her but i i i don't think that's going to last Mm. regina is questioning her motives Mm -hmm. because her motives don't really make any sense yeah you know when else regina questioned her motives during the first interaction on the car ride and you know how that car ride ended (laughs) with her head in her mommy's bosom that's true Regina is being played like a puppet here. Mommy. And Cora isn't even hiding the fact what she's doing. And it still works. Like, that was one of my complaints about Regina. She's like, yeah, I want power and this and thing. And she's like, huh. Like, Regina realizes she got played the whole time. Yeah. And it changed nothing. I, but, but I, like, Emma. Or not Emma. Like, what is it about Mary Margaret that she feels that she's won? Like, holding the dagger doesn't give you any power. Mm-hmm. But she's, like, standing there being taunted. And then it's like, she's going to surrender it to save Johanna? Stupid. Just I know. blatantly stupid. I, you know, I'm... What is the, the, like, we don't trade lives sort of... Like, I, I have a hard time with that. Like, it would be really hard. But giving that dagger to Korra is murdering hundreds of people. Yeah. <laughs> like, you you have to sacrifice someone for Trolley that. problem. That's yeah. the answer. You sacrifice the one to yeah. save the many. Like, it, it just didn't make sense. Um, There's always a third way is what they would normally say sure that's then a lot of times that's real it was just like i don't know her decision making in this really didn't make sense and also you mentioned she's talking off the candle because snow already proved she lacked the ability to pull the trigger you couldn't save your own mother's life you think you're gonna kill someone with i mean at this point if i recall i'd be like i would have said you lack the ability and she even said you could have saved her Mm -hmm. at that point why would i ever think that you have the guts to do what needs to be done cora has the cruelty cora has some sort of it's like Schadenfreude, but like at a at an ultra level. Like she really enjoyed that she actually gave Snow something that could save her mother, and she didn't, and she knew she wouldn't use it. Yeah, which which is a family trait. Like the fact that they are so. It's actually why I think some of the things that they do, they skip kind of like the base level. Like it's just easy to kill you, or it's easy to torture you. But that isn't what I want. I want the next level. Yeah. I also think they do some really interesting positioning of Korra in this episode. Uh, you talking about physical position? Yes. Um, in when they after they get the dagger and they go back to Regina's office, Korra immediately sits in Regina's chair, which is sort of and Regina doesn't 
She doesn't say anything about it, but it's it, like she could have sat anywhere in that office. There's a couch, there's a bunch of chairs, and she sat in the mayor's desk. You mean the queen's throne? The queen's throne, yep. Um, which she always claims to not actually want. She's like, no, this is for you. I'm doing this all for you, Regina. But clearly it's for her. As I do, she's stroking the dagger. I know. She is like very lovingly stroking that dagger. It's very creepy. I do think that there is, there's a look on Regina's face at the end of their conversation where it's very clear that she does not completely trust her mother anymore. I don't think she ever completely trusted her. I think that part is true. I think the problem is that she's not willing to accept that she's probably not going to get what she wants. Which I would understand if this wasn't the woman who crushed your true love's heart in front of you. Mm -hmm. Like, it would make sense if either she didn't know about that or like, okay, sure, my mother does some bad things, but she would never hurt me. But we know she will hurt yeah. you. We physically have seen it. You've seen it. It's true. Um, I put, when did the evil queen become a sidekick? Mm. Because a sidekick is the one who watches somebody else sit in the throne. And the woman who took over season one is watching her mom sit in her chair. This is ridiculous. It is ridiculous. I also like the flashback scene where Regina thinks she's tricked her mom. Like, oh, I'll go with my, uh, I'll call the stable boy right now. And she has that smirk on her face that she has when she thinks she's won, but she really hasn't won anything. Mm -hmm. And Cora's just in the background like, you stupid little girl. <laughs> this whole thing has been my engineering. I don't care about that damn stable boy. It's so sad when you really think about that situation, too. Because Regina, Cora knew that Regina was a good and helpful person that would save that little girl that was on a runaway horse. And she just took that and corrupted it and made her a terrible human. That's what she wanted. Yep. <laughs> That's dark. Yeah. <laughs> Cora is a monster. Cora is a monster. Uh, I want to talk more about Snow and Regina's conversation at Granny's. Yeah, absolutely. Uh... It was interesting at the beginning of, towards the beginning of their conversation, Regina says, have you considered that I am good? And I was curious if you thought that Regina really believes that. Yeah, so I found that one interesting in that there's no logical way. Like, Regina, for many things, she's not stupid. There's no logical way that she believes that everyone should view her as good because she's just done too many terrible things. Mm -hmm. She's even said that. Like, I've, I've lost track of how much pain I've caused in a previous episode. I think what she believes, though, is that when it comes to Henry, I truly do want what's best for him, and therefore my end mean, or my end game is essentially good. And even if I have to do terrible things to get there, what I want is ultimately a good thing. And I wish we were digging more into that because... You have to really infer, based on what happens in this episode, part of Regina's questioning of what her mother is doing is that she's seeing that her mother wanted what was best for her and that it actually wasn't best, like it wasn't good for her. And she's sort of questioning, I don't want that. I don't want what I want for Henry to turn him into that. Yeah, I don't want to be like my mother. Yeah. I think I 100% agree with that. I also think there's something interesting in that she says this thing, I was always the queen, you just added evil to my name. I think there's a part of her that still says, I wasn't evil until you mm -hmm. cost me Daniel. And I conflict people. <laughs> the, you know, the sad thing is, though, is that, like, it's not even that she's a high conflict person because there is someone else to blame. Yeah. It's just a transference. Like, yeah. 
if she had taken that rage from Snow and pointed it towards Korra, I wouldn't be like, well, she's out of line. I'd be like, no, that totally makes sense. This woman's a monster. It's just that she decided to blame bratty... T- and don't get me wrong, bratty 10-year-old Snow is easy to hate. <laughs> I think we both were like, wow, they showed her getting choked out in the previous episode. And then after this episode, you're kind of like, eh, I get it. <laughs> the first episode in which we see her, I don't find her as annoying. Uh-huh. But every episode after that, I'm like, ugh. Especially after the whole servant line. You're kind of yeah. just like, go away. Not good. Um, also, she mentions that she'll never be forgiven. Yeah, she says, what, what did I get for being good? Dinner with a bunch of hypocrites who will never, like, truly forgive me? What are they being hypocritical about? I think they're they're pretending to forgive her is the thing that she's... Like, they're, they're, they're opening their arms to her but not actually letting her in is, mm. I think, the hypocritical thing. Like, they're saying, like, you're a hero, you saved us, but you can go sit over there by yourself. But it, the way she says that makes it sound like she doesn't understand what she did to deserve this. Oh. Right? Like, you're all being hypocrites. It's like, you're the evil queen, whether you think evil is deserved or not, who cursed us for three decades. And you murdered some people. <laughs> like, I, I think she might also mean, uh, you know, you, you always try to do what's good and you say that everyone deserves a second chance. Mm. Like, where's my second chance? Okay, that is fair. Yeah, like, if you see the best in everyone, why can't you see the best in everyone? And they're not really... I mean, obviously she's doing some bad shit partnering up with Cora here, but they aren't seeing that she's not blowing shit up and just, like, choking Snow out. I don't know that you should get credit for not doing the (laughs) bad thing. Like, it's like when parents would be like, well, I could have been abusive. Well... Good job! You weren't a piece of shit. Like, I don't know that I'm supposed to give you a ribbon because you didn't punt a baby. Like, that's not... Reasonable. That's reasonable. Yeah. That's reasonable. Uh, she does say, powers how you get things when Snow questions uh, her mother's motives and her own motives. I'm sure you agree with that statement. Tell me when I'm telling lies. <laughs> I mean, I hate to say it, but what has good gotten her? It. I mean, Henry believes in her. Maybe. He didn't believe her enough not to believe that she was capable of murdering Archie, so does he believe in her? There was there was visual evidence. That's pretty hard. <laughs> there could have been visual evidence of Emma murdering Archie, and there's no way Henry That's true. would have bought that. You're right. So You're right. Right. You bought it because of how you believe in her. And then Regina bounces from this conversation with and, and what would you know about mothers? <laughs> In a lot, she has a litany of fireballs, but that one on that day is just brutal. Like, I don't know the right word for that, but it is cruel. Cruel is the word I'm thinking of. Yeah, very cruel. Uh, the only, I the only other thing I have is Snow and Charming's, um, like their final scene together. Do you have anything else in Storybook? Um, hook knocking Charming out with the crowbar. <laughs> okay, one, I love the music in that scene. They do this, like, really brilliant mixing of, like, his theme with this, like, kind of dark, scary theme. Yeah. Um, suspenseful. Very suspenseful. Hook does a lot of... <laughs> hook does a lot of shit that we don't get to see in this episode. <laughs> First off, why is this attempted murderer not in jail? Hitting someone in the head with a crowbar is not attempted murder. Oh, you. Oh, sorry. Um, that's a good question. I'm pretty sure that Snow and Charming let him go. <laughs> but then didn't 
Regina and Cora trap him in the library? Like, I remember them throwing him back and yeah. closing it. So how the hell did he get out of there? Well, I don't think that they... I think they knocked him out and closed the doors of the library. I don't think they trapped him. I think okay. they were just like, we're done with this dude. Uh, and I think now he's like, all right, well, I'm going to go do the thing that I had planned to do in the first place. And I, he does it. Yeah. It, uh. Also, <laughs> he then like just breaks in and Rumpel is clearly looking at the door. Yell, Hook is here. And Emma just gets thrown out of the way like a rag doll. Somehow it's enough time for Hook to pin Rumple up against the wall, stab him, go through an idiotic monologue, and then uh, once again gets knocked out in one shot by a trash can or whatever Emma picks up that's right by her. I mean, when you get hit in the head, there's it takes a minute to get up. Remember when you got hit in the head, Roger? Do you, do you remember that at all? No, not much. <laughs> However, that's a running forearm shot. I'm not a pirate who spent years fighting. Like, That's it's true. a little bit... Also, am I supposed to believe that 155-pound Emma packs one hell of a punch when Regina could withstand that punch? They got into That's a straight-up fight outside the crypt. Didn't knock Regina out in one shot. I He has a glass jaw, I he guess. He does have a glass jaw. But not before he stabs the Dark One. That's what he wanted. Where did he get that poison from? He made it himself. From... Neverland. So he's his hook has just been poisoned the whole time? He probably... Dipped it. Uh-huh. And he's been carrying the poison. Oh, like he's got the poison yeah. in a bag in one of his stupid pockets because yeah. he wears Or here. I don't know. I mean, his uh, Regina enchanted his hook in the enchanted forest a bajillion years ago. And then he later uses it to remove Cora's, or uh, to remove Aurora's heart. So maybe it's enchanted poison on his hook. Uh. <laughs> Doesn't, like, Emma touch his hook at some point? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he dipped it. Like, that's how you use poison okay. on a sword or sure. a dagger yeah. or whatever. Poison-tipped uh, yeah. hook. Um. Okay, we already started talking about New York, but I have... We can talk about that at the end, I guess. Let's let's keep going with hook um, and the New York storyline. Can we talk about how he got there? <laughs> yeah, he, he sailed his pirate ship. His cloaked pirate ship. Okay. So How did he get off of his cloaked pirate ship in New in New York Harbor without anyone seeing him? Thank you! <laughs> None of this is making sense! Like, I understand the ship is cloaked and they can't see the ship, but all of a sudden, like, some guy just, like, walks out of thin air and they're like, who who are you? Like, maybe oh, middle oh. of the night would have worked in the docks, but it wasn't the middle of the night when he arrived. True. I was also about to say, didn't anyone notice this man dressed like a pirate in New York City? Mm. But, like, that's not weird. <laughs> He's got a smell at this point. Because he's worn the same clothes every single day that we've seen him. That's true. I mean, he might he might wash the underclothes somehow. In the washing machine that he has access to? In the river? I don't know. Oh, yeah. Well, river. <laughs> That's, I guess maybe Storybooks River isn't bad. I don't recommend using the Hudson. I remember once reading that... Um, Whenever you see pirate ships sneaking up on other ships to attack them, that that's like completely historically inaccurate because pirate ships smelled so oh, yeah. fucking bad. Oh yeah, that you'd instantly notice when another ship was approaching, even if you couldn't hear or see it, because you'd be like, "That smells terrible." <laughs> and for those who like don't understand, if you've ever like been to a house where like three boys live there and there's not a woman present, it's the most filthy smell you've ever smelled in your life. That's a pirate ship, but like 30 times He's bigger. a very clean looking pirate. His hair is always very clean. He's not dirty. 
So I don't know. I don't know how. He learned how to use a washing machine. And he always has his guy liner on, too. He does always have guy liner on. How much time do you think he spends in the mirror doing his makeup every morning? <laughs> Quite some time. Yeah. Quite some time. Um, Rumple and Emma have kind of a bonding moment in this episode that I that I quite like. I like the I like the um, walk and talk that they do here, where it's the children up, the aggrieved children in the front, <laughs> yes, both pissed off at their parents, yes, and then you have the parents in the back who are like hoping for reconciliation. But it isn't the one-to-one ratio that we initially are led to believe because she wants forgiveness. Not forgiveness from Neil, but, like, she still has a thing for Neil that Gold quickly deduces. And Gold wants nothing to do with Henry. Yeah. And he has that outburst when Henry approaches him and tells him that it's Henry's fault that he got stabbed. Yeah, even when he says, should I call you grandpa? Like, call me whatever you want. Like, he's very... He went, like, a moment before, like, they had a very sweet moment in Manhattan. And now he's like, I hate you, kid. Get the hell away from me. Yep. There's something going on there. He, Rumple expertly convinces Emma to convince Neil to come back to Storybrooke with them. She says, I, I think we're all paid up on the favors now. And he's like, oh, you won't do this for me. You'll do this for Henry. Yeah, because she's pretty transparent here. It's very obvious what she wants. Yeah, it is. Uh, Henry has a cutting <laughs> line in this episode. She asked him how the pizza is, and he says, it's delicious, cheesy, and it doesn't lie. <laughs> he, he learned that from his other mommy. <laughs> yep. That was a Regina move, and to be quite honest, I don't really blame him. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's... Emma Emma lied to him for a long time about a thing that she didn't have to lie about. And, like, again, she could have accomplished the same thing by just saying, I haven't talked to him in years, and we had a falling out, and I really just don't. I don't know where he is. I don't like him. Henry's a pretty reasonably understanding child. Like, I know that he's 10, but it's like, you were able to explain to him that you gave him up and he didn't hate you for it. He's not going to hate you for... And I understand that she might have been worried that he might have tried to find his father. But if she had actually told him the story, like, he framed me for stealing watches. Like, I think Henry would have been like, yeah, he seems like a bad dude. I don't think that would have stopped him. Yeah. I don't think that would have stopped him. Well, he, I mean, obviously we learn that that's not exactly what happened, but from Emma's perspective, that's what happened. Yeah. Well, because, yeah, now she knows that Pinocchio told him. <laughs> you left me because Pinocchio told you to? Yes. Which does, on the surface, sound ridiculous. Uh, Neil is still a bit of a man of mystery. We we learn he has a, a fiancé at the end of this episode, but he keeps trying to tell Emma about, and he's like, well, it's complicated. He knows Hook. That's Yeah, I actually really liked him. He's like, Hook? And they're like, you know Hook? (laughs) And then, so, he mentions that, like, yeah, otherwise I'd be a couple hundred years old. And Emma gets a look on her face that almost makes me think that she realized that, like, oh, God. I slept with this man who was 100 plus years old when I was, let's say, 18 for... She was. She was 18. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Um... He also knows how to sail a pirate ship, so wants more information about that. Um, well, that's pretty obvious. He, he would know Hook and... Yeah, yeah. yes. Um, I also like his line, because Emma is surprised that he's sort of jumping to action to help Rumpelstiltskin. And he says, he may be a monster, but he's my blood. Which but is he's the, still my blood. Yeah, but that's my... That's the, like, it's really hard to hate your mother. Like, it's also really hard to hate your father. Yeah, so I think the difference, though, is that Rumpel, what Rumpel did to Bay hurt him, 
but it wasn't like he tried to hurt him. And like, even though when Neil describes it, it was like, you let me go. That's very different than Cora killing her true life. Like there's a, there's a difference between you weren't a great parent and you were actively an evil parent. Mm -hmm. I don't think like Rumpel was active. Like he knows that like Rumpel did a lot of these things for him, including basically sacrificing his marriage to cripple himself and watching his wife leave. Like, Mm -hmm. so it does make sense. Like, I just want to run from you. I want nothing to do with you. I don't necessarily want you dead. Whereas Regina should want Cora dead. Yes. I mean, I think Cora and Rumpelstiltskin would see their actions in the same way. I'm not saying that they are the same, but I think Cora, you know, I'm doing what's best for you. Like, Rumpel didn't want to give up his power because he thought that that was what was best for him and his son. I don't think Cora believes what she did was a mistake. I don't. I agree. I Rumpel admits that was a mistake. Oh, yes. He yeah. immediately acknowledges that, like, that. he says, that's the only deal I ever broke. Immediately mm-hmm. he realizes he shouldn't have done it. Yeah. That's the difference, is that he's truly sorry. She's not. Um, I have a question that I don't, will never get an answer to. So, Neil and Tamara are engaged, mm-hmm. and they don't live together? That's weird. <laughs> it's not that weird. It's really weird. No, it's really not. That's so strange. A lot of people get married before they, like, the first time they move in together is after they're married. Yeah, a lot of religious people. <laughs> they said, oh my gods. They did. But Neil <laughs> Neil was shacking up with 18-year-old Emma while they were stealing things from convenience stores. He's born again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah, I, I get what you're saying there, but like, I don't think Snow and Charmin lived together until they were married. No, that's not true. When did they live together? Well, I mean, not in a house, but they, <laughs> but they were fighting, they were fighting off the armies of George and Regina before they were married together. Yeah, but they had their own homes that they lived in. No, I think that they lived in tents with their traveling army. Well, sure, during the fight, but like, they they did not like make a home in the castle until they were married. Well, because they didn't have access to the castle until they were married. Oh no, I thought they would have had their castle. Maybe they got it during some portion of sure. the fighting, but. I know that's not where Regina lived, but she certainly would have been like, this is also my castle. That's fair. (laughs) It's not as unreasonable as I think you make it sound. They also definitely had sex before they got married, because remember when he... Oh, yeah. (laughs) Is there something you need to tell me? Yeah. Um, I also really love the line when uh, Emma tells Rumpel that she has bad news, and he says, what? Worse than incurable poison? Is he wrong? No. It is worse, though. <laughs> he should have trusted his own instinct. Oh, yeah. He, he shouldn't yeah. have told them a thing. But, like, Cora having the dagger is worse than him dying of an Imperial. Oh, yeah, because poison. she's going to kill him anyway and have his power. Yeah. Yes. Definitely. Any other New York pieces? Uh, I have a question. And yes, please. There is a point that we will learn later that there is a cost when the Dark One dies. Yes. If he had died just of his own natural causes, what would have happened to the darkness? Because Hook could have screwed Cora's plan up himself. Yeah, um, that's a great question. I'm not sure. In a land without magic, yeah, I would imagine it would dissipate. Uh huh. Or does it truly just find the next post? Or yeah, it moves into a into another. Like it finds the serial killer down the yeah. Block. 
Yeah. And he's not like the magical dark one, but it makes him an even worse person than he already was. And that's how Jack the Ripper was born. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, it was just, it's one of those things of, like, had Cora pulled the trigger, her plan's fine, but oddly enough, like, Hook could potentially screw this all up. Although... Hmm. You know he's coming back because Bell's back. Well, right? actually, I take back serial killer down the street. Uh, if I don't know because it's a land without magic, but presumably Hook would be the dark one. I thought you had to kill him with the dagger. Well, you have to kill them with the dagger usually because it's the only way to kill the dark Fair one. Enough. So, so I don't know. The Hook rules are the rules are unclear here. <laughs> so her plan could have ended up Hook being the new dark yes. one. Yes. <laughs> But then I guess she has the dagger, so she controls Hook? I guess. I don't know. Good question. Um, I want to talk about... Uh, well, first I want to talk about how Hook says TikTok when he stabs Rumple. <laughs> Love good, that. Good guy Hook. Um, and then I want to talk about Snow's um, I made the right decision speech and her her proclamation to kill Cora. Uh, let's talk about Hook real quick. Okay. I think they've done a, a strange job of making Hook likable at all. I don't know that they were trying to make Hook likable yet. Then why were they trying to set up this Hook and Emma thing that they keep doing? They haven't started to do They literally that. did it the whole Beanstalk episode. The entire Beanstalk episode was them bonding. Yeah, and, that's true. It was very flirtatious. And then the jail cell episode where he's like, oh, I would have never done it to you. And then the whole saving Aurora's heart thing where it's like, I'm not going to let an innocent woman die. Like, it's just like, which one is it here? Like, are you a bad guy? Are you a good guy? Are you willing to shoot Belle and murder her out of nowhere? Like, who the fuck are you? I mean, similar to Rumpelstiltskin, Hook is a discerning, he, he is not an indiscriminate killer. Mm, Belle might disagree. But that was, Rumpel would also do something like that. He would not kill some random lady, but Belle is not some random lady. She is someone that is very important to Rumpelstiltskin. Yeah, but the Dark One already thought she was dead. Like, this was just a gratuitous killing at that point. Well, no. Like, at that point, they they were, like, together. No, no, no. In the tower. Oh, yeah. I don't even know. That just, like, does not make sense to me. I just don't get that. Because, yeah, he thinks she's dead. <laughs> like, literally, he thinks she's gone. So, you killing her is just for your own gratification. It's indiscriminate, too. I, I don't... I That that feels... I don't even know what that is. Like, his plan was to go find the dark and be like, Hey, remember that woman you thought was dead? Actually, she was alive, but then I killed her again, so you're right back where you were in the first place. Yeah, no, I I agree. I don't I don't know what that is. I was talking about when he shoots Spell at the town line. Yeah, no, like, that... I, I, I mean, it's not... It's a bad thing to do. But it's like he was—he chose her on purpose. I don't know that it is something Rumple would do. Actually, I don't—I don't know any instances of that. He usually likes to hit his target. I, I very rarely see him use—he'll hold someone hostage. But I don't know of him instant like I'm going to basically maim this person to get what I want. Like there might be, and I could be forgetting, but I can't think of one. Hmm. I mean, we know that Rumple is usually willing to do whatever it takes. But yeah, yeah I mean, he wouldn't. He probably wouldn't make a Regina choice or a Cora choice. Like, I'm going to make you suffer. He wants what he wants. Like, yeah. he didn't kill Mila because he wanted to hurt Hook. He killed Mila because he wanted to kill Mila. Yeah. Or, like, when he kills the person who bumped into Bay. Although, he does take Hook's hand instead of killing him. Because he wanted what was in his hand. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like, that's true. It, it's literally, it yeah. should have killed him, actually. But, mm -hmm. yeah, it was, he wanted what he wanted, the bean. Hook told him to go kick rocks. And he's like, fine, I'll just take it from you. And he takes his hand off. Um, I guess what I am trying to say is he, he's, Hook is a bad person that has done bad things. 
but he doesn't always he's 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 looking out for his goal he's trying to do his thing because like he like he saves aurora's heart from falling through the portal yeah because he like he she was an innocent bystander yep and he felt bad that he stole her heart to accomplish his means but it wasn't necessary for her to die yeah and that that's the thing that's odd is that like it seems like he does have a conscience there but then he indiscriminately is willing to murder bell i mean i also think i don't i don't know the evolution of how they decided that hook was going to be a recurring character and then a main character on this tv show um but similar to like remember the early episodes when we're like it does not seem like regina loves henry (laughs) like they might have made a choice at some point where they were like we're gonna try to redeem this fella um and it was not in the first time that we see him (laughs) no is that the first time we saw i don't know yeah but or it was early yeah uh, his characterization makes no sense to me is really what i'm saying He's back and forth. Reasonable. Yeah. Okay, can we talk about Snow and Charming now? Absolutely. Or Snow's speech. Um, Snow gets a real steely resolve here. I don't care about justice anymore. Things are getting real dark. She's going to kill Cora. Which, interestingly, is exactly what Cora wanted. Not she didn't want she didn't want Cora to be the person that dies, but she said she wanted to turn Snow's dark art dark. And look at that. You were successful. <laughs> oh, look. Here. The consequences of my actions have come back to bite me in the ass. It, so I believe Heart of Darkness is the first time we see this side of Snow. Mm-hmm. And she's going to go kill the queen. Mm-hmm. And she, one of the things I'd like is that she realizes that, unfortunately, her choices to do the right thing have cost her every single time. I didn't want to take somebody else's life, so my mother died. I wanted to redeem Regina, so all of this nonsense happened instead. I, and therefore, I had to lose my daughter and send her through a, put her in a box and go to Maine for 30 years by herself. Like, yeah, I get it going for good, but was it worth it? Yeah, it's it, it's it's also interesting when you think back to the conversation she was having with Regina earlier in the episode where Regina is like, like. What does good guy yeah, mean? Yeah, what, what does good guy mean? Like, what, what did I get for being good? Uh, Snow sort of falls for that. So I'm very interested to see. What happens in the next episode? I also want to give Charming credit for avoiding the mistake that I often make as a husband. Because right there, if I were Charming, I'd have been like, that's why I wanted to kill Regina, my damn self. You should have just listened to me in the first place. I told you so. He actually seems very concerned about this statement. Well, because it's the fact that he's seen this side of snow before. Mm-hmm. And dark snow, ridiculously attractive. But a scary woman. Does does your wife often declare that she wants to murder people and you wanted to do it all along? Is that is that what you're trying to say? No comment. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like it, it's more so the fact that like he knows the consequences of like he's a soldier, I think, in his mind, so he's fine executing people. He doesn't necessarily want his wife to be that type. Hmm. I think he's gonna put up a fight about this. He is gonna put up a fight, but he was right in the first place. <laughs> He was right earlier in the season when he said, that's Regina's problem to deal with. Let the Wraith handle business. He was right every time. That's Regina's problem. Yeah. All right. Well, we've got some exciting... For as mad as this episode was, we've got some exciting stuff coming up here. Is Rumpelstiltskin going to die? Is Snow going to kill Korra? Is Neil going to come back to Storybrooke? What's going to happen? Yeah, also the way that... I don't love the whole turning Snow and Korra into like arch enemies here. That just wasn't it for me. Like, I don't like that. 
it it definitely wasn't I, I don't I don't necessarily hate it, but I it it wasn't what I wanted out of a villain's overarching story. Like there just wasn't enough. Well, not, not that there's not enough. You already have a better story in place. Like, Regina versus Korra is the story we should mm-hmm. be building to. Having it be Snow versus Korra is like, that's dumb. Like, Snow already has her own things to do with Charming. You're kicking Regina off to the side and now turning this into Snow versus Korra. That's true. Which is dumb. Like, I just... Again, my whole thing I said in the earlier episode, Regina does nothing is like the theme of season two, Regina. Yeah. Anything else? I wonder if she'll be, um, remember in Heart of Darkness at the uh, beginning when she sings to the uh, birds before she starts to swap them like vermin? Mm-hmm. I, I would love a like callback to that in a later episode <laughs> where she's like kind of turned a little dark and the dwarfs and they're just like, oh God, Dark Snow's she's back. She's here. She's here again. She's irritable and she's, she's angry. She's going to make Happy cry. And then like you see Snow like, what is wrong with them? And Charming's like, I'll, I'll explain later. <laughs> that would be funny. Yeah. Just a callback. Because I don't, does she remember that? I've always wondered. Yeah, I think she does remember. Okay. Yeah. Favorite moment? I like the walk and talk. The two mm-hmm. generations. I thought that was a really cool, like, uh, positioning. You mentioned that with Cora. Yeah. I like the positioning of Henry and Neil talking and then Emma. For the first time, Emma's on the outside, because usually it's Regina who's on the outside, of, like, Henry's life. And now she's got to relate to Rumple, who's like, oh, I've been here. I'm used to this by now. Yeah, that's a that's a good one. Um, I have two. My first one is It's Delicious, Cheesy, and Doesn't Lie, which is the culmination of that walk and talk. Um, Both of mine are like snarky comments. Uh, Another is spoken by Cora in the standoff in the clock tower when when Snow asks, like, oh, she, my mother wasn't, wasn't really sick. And and Cora says, oh, no, she was quite sick. (laughs) Um, I thought that was, it was well delivered, very, um... Very indicative of Cora's character. Love that. So good. Most ridiculous moment? Well, before we get there, not no favorite moments involving Young Snow? Nope, not a one. Stunned. Not a single one. Uh, most ridiculous is easy for me. Mary Margaret's unearned confidence. Mm. It's like she's a white male going in for a job promotion. <laughs> like, why? why? What? What makes you think you won? And not just unearned confidence, but also... Based on the speech that she makes later, what makes you think that you're winning in in general? And she does it twice. Yeah. Um, mine is kind of an off-screen situation. They vaguely mention this when Neil and Emma are walking to the car before right before they meet Tamara, and he says, "We can just okay leaving Hook here." And Emma says, "Yeah, like I've done it before. It's no problem." Okay, like nothing, whatever. If that makes sense, but they are leaving. A murderous pirate locked up in a storage room in an apartment building in New York City. What if someone finds him? <laughs> so, like, this can't just be like, this is probably a storage room that everyone in the apartment building has access to. That's a, this is a bad call. <laughs> yeah, no, I have. <laughs> the whole situation's ridiculous. Why wouldn't they just bring him back with them? Or, like, I don't know you want to bring the murderous pirate with you. Onto the ship with... Yeah, okay, fine. Onto his ship. Reasonable. Dump him in the river. Kill him! Kill him! (laughs) This this is my biggest issue. Just finish the job. You've knocked him out. Rumpel is dying, but he still has some ability to figure out. Cut his head off. Dump him in the Hudson River. Go home. Let's be done with this character once and for all. I don't like Hook. I, I got that. Yep. Who's your loser? I got three. Three losers. Three losers. Okay. I'll go 
third place. Third place loser is Regina. Yeah. Realize <laughs> realize that she has been manipulated the whole time. Uh-huh. I think that's a good one. Yeah. I, I think there's something to, like, damn it, I got tricked again. Like, not that bad, but, like, still. And probably your mom's going to screw you over again. Yep. Second place loser, Emma. Yep. She's. Yeah. Your son looks at you the same way. Not only did your son, I, mean, I forgot to mention this. Um, she, when she's talking to Rumple, she like, oh, he'll understand why I was lying to protect him. And then Rumple very astutely is like, huh, you sound a lot like Regina right there. He also says, you weren't lying to protect him. You were lying to protect you. Yeah, 100%. So uh, not only does Henry look at her the way evil queen, the man that she now kind of is still in love with has a fiance. So, and for the first time, Emma actually shows some real emotion. Like she's uncomfortable. She's twitching. She very clearly did not like that Tamara showed up. So... Second place loser, but the biggest loser is easily Snow White. No huh. question about that. We, I, I only have one, and none of mine are th- three. But I, I, I agree with all of you. If you say Rumple, I'm flipping this table. Rumple is my choice. Please do not flip the table. <laughs> go, go. Um, he gets fucking stabbed. <laughs> he's gonna die. <laughs> and being stabbed is reasonable. And he's okay. I will, I will give him. Um, at the beginning of this episode, his son is just sort of tolerating that his father that he doesn't want to talk to is walking behind him. Throughout the course of this episode, his son is on a mission to save his father. So I guess that that is a good thing. But, you guess uh, that that's a good thing? No, I mean, oh, that okay. is a good thing. Sure. But is it a good thing if he just dies <laughs> in the next episode? Truthfully, I think if you ask the character of Rumpelstiltskin... And if you asked him, what would you rather have, life and your son hates you, or in death your son forgives you, I think he'd take the latter. That has been his entire life's mission. Yeah, no, I think you're probably right there, but I don't know. Getting stabbed with an incurable poison, that seems pretty bad. He Also, the look on his face when Hook burst through the apartment building door, he's he was not expecting that. Like yeah. He was very shocked, which feels... I mean, that happens to other people all the time, but that does not happen to Rumple Stillskin all the time. Well, but it's because he's never cut off God without his power. Yeah. If he had his power, he would have seen Hook and been like, oh, good, cute, let me cut off your other hand now. Yeah. It was that he knew he was vulnerable, which is what I think the scene in the airport bathroom was all about. That oh, uh-huh. He knew that he was vulnerable, and like Emma says, one of your um, father's enemies found us. Yeah. Who's your winner? Cora. Me too. <laughs> She gets exactly what she wants here. And honestly, my runner-up probably would be Rumple, even despite being poisoned. Wow. I mean, his life's mission was to basically get his son back. That happened in the last episode. Yeah, no, he found his son. He got to talk to his son. This is the first time his son has mentioned any sort of affection for him. Uh, yeah, but Cora, it's like she's manipulating everyone. She, she got that dagger. She's caressing it lovingly. <laughs> not only that, the way that she so nonchalantly says, oh, yeah, I didn't get everything I wanted, and then just throws her out the window. Just excellent villainry, but like, wow, you're a monster. Yeah, Rumpel wouldn't have done that. No, there's no need. He, he got what he wanted. He got what he wanted. He would have yeah. dipped out. But it was like the fact that like she doesn't just want to win. She wants to torture everyone who is in her way. Yeah. So, I mean, it also, like, like Regina in that whole thing basically just feels like such a puppet. It's weird. Like, it's weird watching her be a sidekick. Even the positioning. It's Regina doing the bidding and Cora standing behind, like, a queen on a chessboard. Mm-hmm. It's odd. We already talked a little bit about what we're looking forward to next week. I think my main, my main ones are, is Rumpel going to die? What are they going to do with Chekhov's candle? <laughs> and will Regina stand up to her mother? Yeah, no, I agree with all those. Also, I want to see 
what Dark Snow does. Like, just mm-hmm. how does Dark Snow behave? What is Charming going to do? Because, you know, it's been a while since he had to deal with this. So it's true. Going to be interesting. Also, when they all get back, like, I would love to see Emma interact with, like, a darkened Snow White. Because she's never seen that side of her That's mom. That's true. So it could be very interesting. Uh, well, please be sure to join us next week when we watch Season 2, Episode 16, The Miller's Daughter. We'll see you next time.